Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice. And I'm Chris Bartlett. No, no, <laughs> stop it. You did this last time. Like we, You just we, belittled me. You just belittled me. Are you going to cough? Are you going to cough? No, I'm not going to cough today. And you're not okay? even going to introduce yourself. My name is Chris Bartlett, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity in the busy week of ministry. Now, with the people we have on here, I don't know how sane this moment is going to be, but we'll give it a shot. We've both worked in ministry for over 18 years, and we have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive in and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. JP, that's a pretty nice mask. Oh, Chris, that's not a mask. That doesn't count. I'm going to go rob a train. They gave me this at work but it's not really made for my head because I have a big head. Today, we brought someone on, a longtime listener, a fan of the show, and uh, a huge advocate for ministry leadership in a variety of ways, including, golly, creative, creative uh, ways, but also uh, he's kind of a rocket scientist, so that's exciting. Have um, we had you on the show before, JP? Not this one, no. Not this one, okay. So guys, JP, I've known him since he was like a freshman or a sophomore in high school. Um, when he went to college, he volunteered in one of my youth programs and that has just been in my life. Like ever since I've been in ministry, this guy has been in my life, um, in some way or another, which is kind of crazy. Um, crazy. and so we thought it would be fun just to bring him on and talk about whatever is important to him, whatever is on his heart right now. And, uh, it's, it's, since we've known each other for so long, I have a feeling we're going to go off on tangents. Like Chris tried to get us back on track, even at the very beginning of this episode to keep us from talking about your mask for too long. What is on your heart? Like, what is it that you feel like you want to talk about? And before the show, I know that you said, Matt, like, should we be talking about like regular ministry stuff in the midst of all this? But just, yeah, dive into that. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like it may not be properly timed depending on when this comes out, if we're all still cooped up. But, you know, one of the things that I've been kind of thinking about and reflecting on is, is maybe a blessing in my own life is that uh, they moved us this year to my work schedule uh, as an aerospace engineer. I only work uh, a 410 schedule, so four days a week, 10 hours a day, uh, which is kind of wearing on you to, to work 10 hour days. But I'm sure ministry leaders don't have any sympathy for that. Uh, <laughs> That being said, that also means that I get three full days where I can just forget that I have a day job and just be with my family. Uh, and I think one of the reasons that even though Matt has tried to pull me into ministry work uh, in the past, and I've always resisted for one reason or another. I think uh, one I succeeded of the reasons, on several, uh, on, on retreats and different <laughs> things like that. I definitely succeeded. But to get sure. you into full-time ministry, I never quite succeeded in that one. I tried. Never convinced me yet. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what the future holds. But uh, I think one of the reasons I never did it was because I was always worried about not only just having my work be the church and, and having to deal with that aspect of, of my relationship with God being so tied to my livelihood and that being scary for me, but I think... The other side of it was not really getting to turn off my work mode. Like I always liked as a student that I had summer where I could just kind of forget that I was at school or I was a student uh, or, you know, still learn, but you don't learn in a classroom. And then, you know, college the same way you have times that you're off and then the real world jobs, you have weekends where you're not doing what you get paid to do. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it, it's a it would be a struggle in my head to be a ministry leader who is probably, you know, working a job where they are more intentionally and actively living out that call to minister to others, to, to be ministers in whatever capacity with youth or adults or 
or whatever that you're doing at your church, even as a volunteer sometimes, uh, and then having no real opportunity to just turn that off because weekends come and, well, maybe you're still working weekends. Maybe your weekend is Mondays or I know other people have different schedules, but, you know, you don't get to turn off the, the calling to spread the gospel or to be yeah. that example in the world or, you know, the, the public figure you become sometimes. So I guess yeah, I what you're saying, to... yeah, is definitely true. And like, it's not quite the same, but like, think about like your marriage, <laughs> your vocation, right? It's not like you're, I'm going to be married from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., you know, or from nine to five or whatever. Like it is 24 seven, seven days a week. And ministry isn't quite like that, but it's not, it's also not quite like a job or just a job. There's something different to it because it's not nine to five, right? Ministry is not nine to five and, and it never will be. Chris? Oh man, you guys, this is, um, we can't turn off our call to ministry, but I think what we're talking about is a specific role as a ministry leader, right? And so, I mean, JP, you've got that little bundle of joy your son, yeah. right? And so you are a ministry leader to him at all times. That is the, the the gift and the burden of fatherhood, right? Same with your wife. You were called to help get her to heaven. And that never, you can never be off the clock on that. But if you were assigned a specific role at a parish, whether as volunteer or as a, a professional ministry leader, right? There should be times that you can walk away from it. And in this COVID time and in regular, quote unquote, regular times, it's a challenge. Why? Because most people are now working from home. And so what does that look like? Well, you know, okay, great. I'm going to do a little bit of ministry here. Um, and yet now there's another conference that's coming online. And yeah, it's the weekend, but I want to be able to uh, form myself. But it's not my typical work day. Do I log this as hours? Do I not? What do I need to do? How do I do this? Uh, what about personal prayer time? Uh, all these different pieces it's like, I want to be a holy person so that I can be a better ministry leader, but I also want to be a holy person because I'm a disciple. And yet, do I, I'm reading the Bible for a Bible study I'm leading, but it's also forming me as an individual. Is this me time? Is this work time? Is this, uh, what is it? It's so complicated. <laughs> Does this count as my prayer time? <laughs> it's, it's all, do I need to pray it's again all stirred later? together. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that ice cream that has the three different things? Oh, it's yeah, not quite that divided. In the, the Neapolitan? Huh? Yeah. Neapolitan. It's like this is like Rainbow Sherbert. This is like if, Rocky if it, Road, right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Let me finish the analogy. If it all melted, that it looks so pretty when it's all separated. Separated, <laughs> and and JP, it sounds like in your life right now with your job as a rocket scientist, right? Um, that that you can separate those things. You know, three days off, four days on. Um, but ministry leaders sometimes they get melted and blended together. Yeah. But it still tastes sweet. It just doesn't look as good. <laughs> still tastes sweet. It doesn't look as good. Um, yeah, like the tough thing is, is like, yes, I, I absolutely agree that you should be able to walk away from that role, that position. The problem is, is it's not a role or position, right? It's, it's a person. Like it's people. It's relationships I've built. And these relationships exist you know, because I respond when they have a need or I, I'm pouring into them, I, you know, all this stuff. And so... It's those relationships aren't built. I mean, they, in a way, they have their uh, genesis in my role, my job, but they don't stop because I'm not the youth minister there anymore. I mean, case in point, JP, like I am not right. your youth minister <laughs> and I haven't been for 18 years. But you kind of still are. 
<laughs> yeah, but there's still more here. That aspect of it like never ends and almost never has downtime. But I like there are boundaries that we need to set in stuff like that, both internally for ourselves and for other people. But it's like it's just different. Like doing ministry, like it's just different than a normal job. I have like absolutely, and I think ministry leaders like have probably all been tempted. It's like, dude, just being a freaking accountant and adding crap up all day. That's not what accountants do, but in my mind, that's what they do. Right. Um, it, I could turn it off at the end of the day and be done, right? And and I, I could go home and forget about work. It's just not as easy to do, you know, in ministry. What are you laughing at, Chris? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing at all, Matt. But, I mean, surely that's a struggle for you guys. I, I imagine that's something that you have to figure out and wrestle with. And I'm, some part of you must want to turn it off, even though it is your vocation. And maybe, you know, marriage is not quite the... I understand that differently. You know, maybe that's part of closer to this vocation that is your profession. Uh, but, yeah, I don't... I don't know. Does that is that hard for you to to get to that place where you're okay not being able to turn it off because it's who you are? It's who you are. <laughs> it's who you are. So the answer to that is sometimes, you know, um, because when I'm out, you know, shopping, I, I got a flashback to before the lockdown began. Right when I'm out shopping or I'm out with my kids and I bump into a parishioner or or something along those lines, like. It's actually a joy. Those are some of the sweetest spots of ministry. And I don't mind adding an extra scoop of that on my plate and just, you know, being kind in a grocery store or being kind out at, out at a park or something like that and just being like, yeah, these are my kids. I'm so glad to get to share more than just my, you know, professional self and get to share a little bit of my personal self as well. But sometimes it's not, you know, I'm out on, a, you know, on a date and I get a text message and a teen is like, Chris, I need to talk with you. I have a concern. This happened to me. It's like 11 o'clock at night, and, uh, and, and they're like, I really need to talk with you. And so I, I contact them. I'm, <laughs> I get out of bed, and I go, and I, I, I sit out at the kitchen table, and I make the phone call, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they were uh, just a handful of teens were out at a coffee shop. This is during the summer. And they're like, okay, we're talking about this. I just didn't know how to answer them on this question about the church. They're not Catholic. How would you respond? Like it's eleven o'clock. Like <laughs> Catholic answers, jerk. Like leave, leave me. And I didn't want to say leave me alone. And, I, and so I gave him the answer, and I said, "Hey, maybe next time, um, table it and let him know you'll get back to him, and then we can we can communicate, um, you know, between the hours of eight a.m. and eight p.m." Does that sound fair? You know, uh, the other challenge, and just to bring it in because we are still in the the the, the pandemic mode. Like I also think time off and time away makes sense. But when people use time off, unless they're sick, typically they use it to go do something, go see something. <laughs> but where shall we go? <laughs> and where are we going right now? Yeah, like where There's can really we no go? Time off. So, so right now I'm officing at home. And if I take time off, take vacation time, I get to be at the place where I normally office now, just not doing work. And you know, so I'm like, do I just keep working and save some of my vacation time for when things get back to normal so then I can get away? Because there's not that same ability to withdraw, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, Chris, you know that I can't let little things go. Um, when you said you were on a date, that sounds weird. Even <laughs> though like, you don't have to say you're on a date with your wife, um, it sounds weird if you just say date and not with your wife. 
And then, worry, and then hold on. If, if, we show, the timeline, if we follow the timeline of that <laughs> date, PM, you were on a date, in bed. the person called you, and you got out of bed. Like, what kind of lame date were you on? Taylor's going to have to edit this out. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's no longer for children now. No, oh, oh, crap. Okay, let's move on. Sorry, Chris. All right. So, um, yeah, that, how many kids do I have, Matt? Uh, six. Yes. And so it doesn't matter if I'm on a date and the kids aren't around. It counts as a date, right? Like we went on a walk the other night. It was wonderful. We had to leave a note on the door so the kids didn't get scared. <laughs> you just abandoned them? Well, we left, like I said, we left a note on the door. Oh, so. oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've done that several times. Yeah. Um, but I, so I think this struggle um, with ministry leaders is, is real, um, JP. And uh, so I'm glad you brought it up. I don't know. I, I think we've talked about this in different aspects of different areas. Um, what like how has this struggle affected you in ministry? Like, because you've done ministry stuff before, is it just because you've experienced the ability to walk away, or you've experienced both? I guess it's just. I mean, recently it's been interesting, just from my work vocation. You know, the things that I'm doing every day, getting to turn that off for three whole days and just not have anything to do with that. Um, you know, is is new to me, but it also kind of reminded me of times that I would be a volunteer in a youth group and we would have Sunday night things and probably weekend things and Wednesday night things. But then not that I had split personalities, but it was like I had that turned on for those days and then I had work JP turned on for other days or, mm, you know, that yeah. split just even as a volunteer of trying to figure out, you know, how to not make it split and to keep it as part of your core identity uh, and part of your vocation, like we're talking about uh, and, and bringing it to all aspects of your life without, you know, if, if it's not your job, I guess it's hard to find ways to do that too. So there's that aspect of it that you can look at. And I've had like even issues because like, at a place we've got like 20 youth ministers or missionaries that, that work with us. Um, and I've had uh, like conversations with them to say, Hey, you know, when you're talking to your volunteers, when you're working with volunteers, most of them have 40 hour week jobs, 40 to 60 to 80 hour week jobs. And you're asking them to give you, you know, four to six hours a week on top of that. But you aren't willing to volunteer outside of your 40 to 60 to hour, 80 hour weeks to do something else. That seems like a weird double standard, you know, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's related, related and it's not. Um, but it seems, it seems like we're really guarded about our time outside of the 40 to 60 hours a week, but we don't expect the same thing of those who work in a, in a secular job. But, but I think the, 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 the difference is when JP is volunteering, he's moving from his, uh, his job which is in an entirely different field into a ministry leader role. Whereas ministry leaders, a lot of times when they're, they're volunteering um, or for ministry, it looks very similar to what their job is. And I'll just be blunt. Like with, with my work, we have an overtime rule that you don't get overtime pay until you hit 45 hours. So those first five hours are donated time. That is just like expected of salary people. And how many people would say, yeah, sure, I don't mind working an extra five hours at the same thing that you would have paid me for for the first 40, but not for the next five. 
Like, unless you just really have a, a ton of hours you're going to do, everyone says, no, that can wait. Uh, and yeah. I imagine it would be the same thing for ministry leaders of thinking, like Chris is saying, it looks so much like your normal job that if you're going to pay me for the 40 hours of it, why would I give you five hours? You know, I think that's a struggle to to value your time and presence, but also be charitable in the right ways. And I think when I was having this conversation, it was more so not not like in youth ministry or in ministry. It was at the soup kitchen. I mean, that is ministry, but it's not. You know, it's different than what you were doing. Um, I'd be curious to know just the, you know, and I'm not really trying to, you know, I don't know, harp on ministry leaders at all right now, but I'd be curious to know how good we are at volunteering um, in general. Like, like without counting our jobs, you know, as that, like how much time do we spend like volunteering in our communities? And, and that's interesting. Like what, what does it look like if you're taking a holy hour in adoration, right? That's prayer time. But in order to make adoration, especially perpetual adoration chapels stay open, they need volunteers to do that. That is a ministry. But also um, journeying with your neighbors and being neighborly to one another. You know, like we have a very elderly neighbor and we try and make sure that we sit in their front yard and listen to Jerry's stories and stuff like that uh, on the weekly with, with our kids. And that's that's a ministry as well, but it doesn't look the same as visiting a nursing home or something of that nature. There is something about a ministry leader that's built into their DNA to put others in a, uh, in, in a position, a priority, you know, and that's ministry. Um, but you're right. I think that we need to examine that. Like, what does intentional ministry look like? And sometimes it does look the same. Like, oh, we've got this summer camp coming up that our kids are going to be involved in. And yes, I lead the high school program, but I'm going to help develop some of the activities for this this camp for the the elementary students because I'm good at it. Um, but I don't know, Matt, I like, have you ever gotten to the point to where at the end of, the, of a day of ministry, you come home and you're just kind of Jesus it out? Yeah, know. absolutely. You know, so you're just topped out on Jesus. You're like, I've talked about him all day. I spent time with him all day. I just want to come home, have a glass of wine and, uh, and just, just family, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. You know, so at our local parish, I, I volunteer and, you know, um, have started several different, you know, prayer, you know, opportunities. And I volunteer to teach at RCIA. And there's a discipleship group that I run or that I, that I ran that was completely unconnected to anything. It was just a group of guys that I'd known since they were in sixth grade, you know? Yep. Um, and that's all volunteer stuff outside of work. But there are, there were absolutely days when it was like, you know, I've got this tonight. And, you know, it's like, I, and I saw it coming on the calendar. I knew it was coming. I was like, oh, but I'd really like to skip it, you know, but that's, you know, and I, I, I wonder, I'm willing to bet volunteers have the same feeling in general, you know, <laughs> like your Sunday night volunteers feel the same way, you know? Yeah. So um, I think this is a good conversation to have. It's an interesting mix of, you know, what does it look like to, I don't know, to be able to step back from ministry, but then also what does your volunteer life look like? You know, what is that? Yeah. Do you volunteer outside of ministry? That might be a decent poll to put out there for ministry leaders just to see um, outside of your ministry. I think you hit on something good too of, you know, making it something maybe different enough when you do feel so Jesus out, you know, whether that's right or wrong to feel that way, it's natural sometimes, you know, can you find a way to give back or, or do that charity time that's not whatever ministry you normally do? Because that helps me to have that ministry time when I don't have to go design cockpits for people for charity, which doesn't happen anyways, but 
I was going right. to say, yeah, that's what Chris and I are going to do next. Like, Chris and I are going to volunteer our services as aerospace engineers at Lockheed. <laughs> well, um, is that okay? You, that cool? People will die. <laughs> people will die if that happens. No. What does that, what does that tell you about your job? Like, people can volunteer to do your job, but you can't volunteer to do theirs. <laughs> well, now I, that's think, I think up. that's an interesting point because – as as ministry professionals, I think that uh, when we volunteer for certain things, we need to make sure that our role is different. Yeah. I was at one of my kids' uh, banquet ceremonies, and like I plan events like this all the time for for the youth and for for di- different aspects, you know. And I'm seeing it, and I'm like, oh wow, this this is clearly taking an hour longer than it needs to because of this, 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 and this. I should say something, and then I was like, wait a minute. If I say something, then I have to lead something. And right now, I just need to be a dad. I'm here to support my kids. So what if it takes an extra half hour? Like, I'm just going to sit with my kids and it's more time with them and a group of people that also is, they're also here to support their kids. Let's just calm down, Chris, you know? And so if you're volunteering, make sure that your ministry role looks a little bit different than the ministry leader, you know, the key ministry leader. And just, it's okay to be a passenger and just help the the other passengers have a good time on the ride. You don't always have to be the driver. I will tell you that that is, that is relatively freeing, you know, to go somewhere and to see something and then that needs to be fixed, even at a ministry event. And you're like, no, I'm not in charge. (laughs) But sometimes it's, it's not, not just not relatively freeing. It's relatively frustrating. You're like, because I don't know if you've ever been to a conference where they do uh, mass and you're sitting there and you recognize as they start doing the uh, Eucharist, the serving, serving communion. You're like, no, 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 no. Don't that do it is that not way. the right Don't do way. that way. It's going to take an extra 15 minutes. What have you done? You know what I mean? You see the logistics <laughs> happening. And so I have trained myself just to close my eyes during those times because the type A personality in me sometimes helps me share Jesus and other times it prevents me from praying to Jesus. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. We went, were we at the conference together when like, like the left side of our pew went one direction and we went another because we were, we were going the right way and those other people just chose to go another way and it just like made this big old mess with us coming back into our same spot. Oh, it was, and, yeah. and my heart just hurts, you know. <laughs> so that, that is one advantage of COVID with, uh, with in, at least in our area, masses starting up. Um, there's going to be that, that social distancing and, and things like that. So at, at my parish, they're bringing communion to the pew. So they're bringing it to you, which is awesome because then you don't have to worry about maybe, you know how sometimes there's one person that the, the, the genuflex is the person in front of us is receiving. And then there's that one person that waits and then, you know, has to kneel and tell someone to steal second base and all those different things before they finally, <laughs> before they finally receive communion. And sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm like, there's a logistics here. There's an ebb and a flow. And anyways, I hope I'm not making anyone mad, but, uh, but I, I I do think there is there there are some beautiful pieces about um about the the social distancing in church right now. Yeah, it is it is weird to have the priest coming to you with the mask on. You know, there was a, a priest recently who put his mask on crooked and it was like barely covering half of his mouth and then his ear. <laughs> it made me laugh. So I shouldn't so, laugh at yeah, things so- like that, but. There's a rabbit trail, ladies and gentlemen. I am sorry that I let us so deeply into it. And if You're I, supposed to keep us from these, Chris. But he's keeping us back to the current situation and relating what we're talking about to that because there I didn't you know go. how to do okay. that. That's why we Chris. <laughs> well done, Chris. Thank you. JP, you were going to say something earlier. I cut you off. 
I don't know if it still applies anymore, but I was just going to say that, yeah, I mean, even as JP, the aerospace engineer, sometimes I'll get to go do STEM events or even like on retreats with you, I've done, you know, the Bernoulli effect talk where I can throw the toilet paper with the, the leaf blower and, and get the physics out. But then there are some times that I just want to not be JP, the aerospace engineer and just be JP, the volunteer that, you know, can teach RCIA or religious ed or, or whatever confirmation classes and not have to be the, the science portion of my brain for a while just to give myself that diversity of things to do and, and identities to have, you know, not that I'm that's a really good point because I, I think it's probably something what, what we've been talking about is probably similar to what physicians deal with. Um, and, uh, and psychologists, you know, different things like that, you know, where it's like, Hey, I got this thing on my elbow, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not working. Don't bother me right now. Like tech guys, same thing. Hey, you know, my internet's not working. Can you come help me? You know, different things like that, you know? So I think if, if, if you're in a profession that touches people's lives on a, on, on the daily, I think that that would be something that you almost are never off. You know, you always have to answer something. Well, and God forbid you're a musician, right? Mm. Because then you're in the ministry program and they're like, oh, yeah. And, and, and David can come play music for us. And David can come play music for us. And David's like, um, I can also give an awesome talk on Mary. Do you guys want to know that about me? And it's like, well, if you're going to do that, make sure you bring your instrument, too, because you're <laughs> a musician. You see what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's, it's typecasting. To kind of take a deeper step back, the initial question is, uh, can a ministry leader kind of be off? How does that work and how does that balance? Uh, well, I would want to say uh, we are called to be a, a people of hope, right? A joyful people. And as Christians, is there ever a time where we can take a break from being a people of hope, reflecting reflecting the hope of God? And And I would argue that no, there shouldn't be. And when it feels so much that when we're professionally sharing the hope and love of Jesus Christ, and then every time we share the hope and love of Jesus Christ, it feels like work. There's something that needs to be balanced there. Because mm-hmm. the answer is yes, as mothers and fathers, as neighbors, we should be sharing hope. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be in a way that feels like, okay, guys, let's do an icebreaker before I share this hope with you. You know, it shouldn't, it should be more organic. It should be more authentic, not more authentic. Everything should be authentic, but but more authentic to the setting that you're in, as opposed to just the ministry leadership kind of kind of role. And that shift and that it's sometimes blurry. Um, but I think it's necessary that we seek to navigate it. And never, you know, take that for granted. I, I imagine that when it's your job all the time that you might lose sight of that or see that as a burden. But you know, the more I hear from you guys and the more I think about it, you know, I don't have that obligation as a child of God to keep twenty four seven reminding people that human you know pilots are human. And we need to design better things for them. Like that, that kind of can end and has a place in my life that it doesn't have to be on all the time. You guys are truly living out something that is supposed to, you know, help remind all of us how to live our 24 seven lives. So that's, that is a blessing to have that be so tied to what you actually get to spend your time and life doing. Well, and I believe that authentic ministry leadership, especially when dealing with volunteers is to actually hold the mirror up to him as well and say, actually, JP, you're called to be a messenger of hope during your time building cockpits for pilots, during those those times of design. Like you're also still called to be a ministry leader in that moment 
because you're called to be a, a Christian and a disciple, and we can't put that on hold just because, you know, for, for 40 hours a week, you're, you're doing top secret things for the U.S. government. <laughs> um, there was a Friends episode when uh, Rachel was going to date a doctor, and he's like, have you ever, he's like, no, do you work in a coffee shop? And she's like, yeah, do you ever like just get sick of seeing coffee? And you say, if I see one more cup of coffee, you know, he's like, well, that's the way it is for me. You know, if I see one more and then that was it. So the, uh, one of the things you said, Chris, made me think of this, that you're out on a date, you know, in, in let's say at the dinner time portion of the date, um, and you see someone or you feel called you know, to respond to some prompting of the Holy Spirit. Like, I, I need to say something here. There's some reason I'm, I'm drawn to this person. I need to say something. But you think to yourself, crap, that's work. That's more work. I can't do more work while I'm on this date or something like that. It could be a different scenario where you're out, out alone and you wouldn't be interrupting a date or whatever. But you have this, this, this feeling like you need to do something. But then you say, no, I'm, I'm just sick of working today. You know, that's where I think what you were saying earlier, like that, that's, that's dangerous like i and but but do you always have to follow every prompting like i like there's just wrestling with that like do you always have to answer every 11 p.m phone call i think the answer is no (laughs) (laughs) right yeah you know but if if it's if it's become so much a job and not so much a a response to god then i think that may be a, a, a dangerous place to be you know in ministry yeah, and I think that this time it's even more challenging um, with some of those some of those boundaries to make sure that your role as a husband or, or a wife, as a as a neighbor, as a as a daughter or a son, that is an aspect of your your ministry leadership as a baptized Christian. Right now during COVID, like if a teen messaged me and said, "Hey, Chris, can you talk?" I would say, you know, sweetheart. I want to stop the family right now so that I can go do this ministry because it is so hard to find engagement in in this time to where there's people that are like, yes, I'm hungry, I'm receptive, I'm ready to go. Like I, I would I would stop the world for a few minutes of of, uh, of disciple focused ministry right now. But at the same time, I can only stare at a Zoom meeting for about two hours a day before I'm ready to punch a hole in my computer screen <laughs> and uh, and. <laughs> And so it's, I mean, it's, it's hard, but yeah. in, in normal times, we do need to set those boundaries. During these times, maybe it looks a little bit different, but I think that we still need to keep healthy boundaries to be able to shift. And, and that drive home from your job, JP, is a great time for you to shift. You know, um, for us, we need to figure out what that does, what that is. And maybe, and this is my challenge to ministry leaders as we, as we start to wrap up, is to whenever you're getting off the clock, quote unquote, or when you're shifting from professional ministry leadership into your role as, at, at your home, is to entrust it to, 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 to God the Father or entrust it to Mary. I'm shifting away from the parish, my role at the parish right now. Mother Mary, I entrust all these, these parishioners you know, all God's children to you for for the remainder of the time. And I'm going to focus on the children that God has entrusted to me and your intercession will carry him to Jesus and you keep going, you know, and, uh, and I think that having some sort of a routine that helps you shift is, is healthy. And sometimes that routine might look like a glass of wine when you get home and just shift. If, if it was a stressful day and, and things like that, the fruit of the vine is a good thing um, in moderation. But most of the time, I think it's just kind of looking like and being grateful. Lord, I got to work for you today, and now I get to model you to my family. Thank you, Jesus, and then move on. 
Yeah, awesome. Um, anything, uh, closing remarks, JP? No, I think this was great. I think it was a good conversation and I, I appreciate hearing these different aspects that I don't get to see the behind the scenes of a 40 hour a week, 50 hour, 60 hour a week minister life. So it's interesting. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Let's continue this conversation online. Please send any feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone. And you can also find us now on YouTube. You'll be able to get to see uh, really three stages of beards. Coffee ground, kind of uh, thin but but hopeful. And then JP has a beard that's like what Matt Rice's used to be. <laughs> you remember that when you had a good beard? Luscious and, and beautiful. Oh, it'll be back. And rich. And so, um, but you can also engage us not just on YouTube now, but uh, also on Facebook at the MLA uh, group there. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and to discern your different roles in ministry leadership, professional, at home, parish role, all those different things, and listen to the Lord. We'll see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. And thank you for joining us, JP. Ah, you're amazing. Thanks, JP. Near, 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 near. <laughs>